Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. This evening, we're going to continue the discussion we had last week. But we're just going to have to chop it off somewhere. The reason being that so many questions, many, many questions from the members, even people who have been here for a long time, and then new members also asking many questions. On the internet, it's the same thing. Last week, I cannot begin to summarize because if I do, it will take us the whole time. But let me see if there's a way I can just brief this thing. You know, in law, they say brief to something. Yeah. They say you, 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 have, you have, what, written a brief. And I wonder what a brief is. A brief in law is just like a highway. You know, the freeway, they say the, the freeway is free. How can freeway be free? It's not possible. It's a brief. And it's a mighty thing, all written down. But I cannot do that. We talked about what? Can anybody tell me what we spoke about last week? Effective resistance, what? The enemy. And we say that, because if you look at James 4, 7, he said what? You must first submit to God. Let's put, that, let's put that across. But then let me summarize something right now. I'm not going to give you what we did last time. Because if you have time, you can take it on the, what? You can buy the tape or whatever you, you want to do. But you see, there cannot be effective submission to God. It starts from the basic. It starts from the fundamental. It starts from the prerequisite. That's what we did last week. What is that prerequisite? Until somebody who is drawn by God, whose eyes have been what? The scales have been removed off the eyes of that individual. Until he acknowledges, comes down on his knees, whatever he's blocking up, acknowledge the evil ways. Father, what I've been doing. Oh my goodness. I've come to myself now. I know what I'm doing is wrong. Without acknowledgement, without acceptance, without coming to full terms with the what ungodly ways of anybody. Ozurumba, without doing that, you will never see God. You will never repent. Listen to me carefully. There got to be that acceptance. You see, that's the same thing. Last week we did not bring it, but if you look at Luke 15, 17, right? Without even reading that, you will see where the prodigal son, something happened to him. He said, when he did what? When he came to himself. Until you come to yourself and realize that, wow, what I'm doing grieves my father. The one who sacrificed his only begotten son on the cross. I'm grieving him. When you come to that, then that is the way that will lead you to Spiritual repentance. And what is that? Acknowledgement. I've acknowledged my evil ways. Now that I've acknowledged my evil ways, Father, I'm now making a vow unto you. I will depart from any and all evil ways. Please, let's get this. I'm not talking about departing from one, one or nine. If you depart from nine, you have not departed from ten. You have not departed from anything. After all, we know that James 2.10 told us the same thing. Said, if you what? If you keep all the laws and you break one, you have broken all. So getting that, that is coming to a point where now, Lord, I vow to do what? Tell me. You vow to do what? To depart. Thank you very much, Brosago. To depart from the evil ways. That is the only time when you will see a manifestation of brokenness. Without brokenness, you will never come to humility. Listen to me now. One is broken and transformed by God. A total transformation is brokenness. And brokenness is what will lead you into humility. And humility will lead you into unreserved submission. Without this foundation, we waste our time. That's why many people, they run around and claim, I'm born again, I'm this. But there's no preparation. There's no solid ground. If you look at what, okay, when you look at even Matthew 7, you look at 23, it says what? It says, anyone who hears what I'm saying 
This is the foundation. The foundation must be on a solid rock. Anyone who hears what I'm saying, not the one who hears and doesn't do it, but that person does it. That person will be on a solid rock. And then when you build on that solid rock, you will always establish, be established. So from that vow to depart from evil, because if you look at Proverbs 8.13, he said, that is the only thing that will tell you that you fear God. I fear God. You don't fear God when you go about breaking his law. You don't fear God. The fear of God or the love of God is to do the will of God. So Proverbs 8.13 tells us what? The fear of the God is to depart from all evil. I'm saying all right now. Because God is a God of all. It's all or nothing. Listen to me. And that God is a God of if. If you do this, I will do this. But our people, you know, most churches and many places, they don't want to hear that. They want to say, oh, Lord, whatever I want, I can get. Whatever you want, you can do what? If I call upon the Lord, we answer. What are you talking about? You need to know what actually the requirement. God said, if you do this one, my child, I will do the one that you cannot do. But you must do the one I tell you to do first. So when you get to that submission then, then from humility and unreserve, that is when you get a total transformation and total what? An unreserved submission. Unreserved submission must be total. It's a total surrender. It's when that happens, that's when you can achieve perfect love and implicit what? Obedience. obedience. When you have implicit obedience and perfect love, that is submitting to God first. James 4, 7 says, submit first. To God before you resist the devil. Because the devil is stronger than you, you're a human being. But when you have God in you through submission and obedience, then the kingdom of God is then within you. And if the kingdom of God is within you, the devil bows. But until that time, you cannot achieve that. And that's why he told us what in Ephesians 5. You see, if you look at Ephesians, let's say 6. 11 to 13. We don't need to read it because there are so many things we're going to deal with it today. He said, put on the what? Whole armor of God. Not a broken armor. Remember we dealt last week about fence and hedge, right? Yes. We said, well, you have a fence. Why do we build a fence? You build a fence in anticipation of what? Breaking in. Did I use the word breaking in? God bless you. I said, you build a fence in anticipation of what? Eventuality. Something may or may not happen. That's why we build a fence. The way they build a fence over here is for privacy. But we build it because something may happen. You know why? That means you need the protection before the enemy attacks. That's what I told you Job did. Job had a hedge because Job walked as a perfect individual, blameless. And God put the hedge around him. So when the devil came, the devil couldn't do anything but to take permission from God. Are we, are we, in the, are we on the same page? He couldn't do anything. But that's one thing, having a hedge... Have, look, that's one thing, having your head before and then maintaining it. You also need to maintain that. So what I'm saying is this. It is when you, do, when you obey God, that's when you totally submit to God. God and you now become one. And when you're God and, God and you are one, then the kingdom of God is within you. The whole armor you have, you can then resist the devil. But let's leave it there because the main thing that we're going to talk about today is this. The enemy without and the enemy within. That's what everybody, people have been asking questions up and down. I say, go back onto it. And somebody, thank God, there was just that lot of pressure to go back on judgment and condemnation. Because it's confusing. People who may not understand which one is judgment, which is condemnation, which doesn't go there. So the Lord will help us. And the question that will come after that, hopefully we can deal with it, is then who is he that can do what you're saying? That's what people are asking me. Who can do this? That they're saying right now. So we dealt with what? The enemy without. Without conquering the enemy without, you are doomed. Or I'm doomed. Okay? Who is that enemy without? We said that last week. Somebody tell me. Somebody smiling. <laughs> the enemy, what's the enemy without? The what? That was only one. I don't know whether the Sagu was only one listening. If you say you are now in the Lord... And it's still of the world. You are deceiving yourself. Listen, listen to me right now. You know what somebody told, uh, told me? And that's why this came up again. 
He said, well, what, what of if I can handle it? What of if I can handle it? Somebody is asking me whether I can handle the devil. No, 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 no. Well, didn't I say that? Cut off your what? Fellowship with the world. And somebody asked me, how about if I can handle it? In other words, how about if now I'm in the Lord and I can continue my relationship the way it was? Look, did I tell you that if you are in the world, cut off your friends? friends? No, no. I didn't say that. I said, don't do what they do. Cut off. How do you do that? And someone said, what if I can handle it? And my answer is that you cannot handle it. Okay? Because otherwise you'd be like Samson. Remember Samson, Samson thought he could handle it. That's right. Oh, come on. Why do you think God used all these examples? Samson thought he could handle it. But did he handle it? No, it handled him. <laughs> Read me Proverbs 20, 24, please. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. Yes. A man's steps are of the Lord. Mm -hmm. How then can a man understand his own way? Did we get that? What did he say? And I know I had what he said, but what, what actually was he saying? That a man does not know what? His ways. That's what he said. A man does not know his ways. Remember when we dealt with the three colors of debt? Remember when we dealt with the three colors of debt? You bring a man or woman, when he's confronted with the three colors of debt, then you know whether, he's, whether he knows himself. The three colors of debt, what? Money, woman or man, you know, that, that immorality. And then fame, I want to be seen, I want to have money, I want to be known. Then you see. You think you have a friend? Don't worry. When you two of you are sharing one million, you know what, he may kill you. A man does not know his ways. That's why Jeremiah 17, 5 was telling us, well, cause is he who puts his trust on what? On man. Because you cannot know man. Can you read Jeremiah, please, 17, 5? Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus says the Lord, mm -hmm. cursed is the man who trusts in man mm -hmm. and makes flesh his strength. Let's stop right there and go to 9. Why is it cost? Jeremiah 17.9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? What, is, what did I tell you is the most important thing in that very sentence? Who can know it? Who can know it? That's why live the one who knows it. God searches the heart and he knows the heart. There is no one who can tell you. Even as I'm speaking right now, you don't even know me. I can just finish speaking right now. God forbid, in darkness, in private, I'm doing evil. Then I'm, I'm cursed. Are you following what I'm talking about? But I have to deceive you. So it's God who sees and searches the heart. Don't trust yourself. You cannot handle it. I'm just trying to tell you right now. Read me Proverbs 14, 12, please. Proverbs 14, verse 12. Yes. There is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. The way is the, the way of death. Let me tell everyone right here, right now. If you think that you, after you have come to know God, you can still go ahead and associate with the people of the world the way you want, you are deceiving yourself. Are you following me now? Some of us are afraid that we lose friends. Whenever you do anything to please any human being, you don't know God. In this Houston right now, listen to me. I don't even know how many people who thought before that Uzurumba was something that now say Uzurumba is a fool. Because they thought, they thought the first lawyer they had here, in, in, all of a sudden, is now just sitting down and clapping the hand and shouting this. But you see, the Bible, the last time I read it, told me that the fool is the one who says there is who? No God. There is no God. So all of a sudden, how could they call me a fool? That is why I tell you, whatever you do with the people, never what? No, you forgot. Never mind them. Because people cannot judge you. There's only one judge that can destroy. They cannot judge you. I'm telling you right now. So you only worry and fear about that one who can judge you. There was one time during a conference I made a statement. I said, well, even your husband, do not please your husband. People were looking at me like what I'm talking. I'm talking spiritually. I'm talking spiritually. Love your husband. 
Respect your husband. Whatever you do with your husband, please do. As God puts you. But fear and please only that God. Because in the end, in the end, that's what matters. Are, are, you, are you following me right now? So you have a situation, you have to always be careful. Let not anyone tell me, said, okay. In fact, there's someone who, who quoted me as if, as if I haven't read it before. He quoted me, uh, Paul. He said, didn't Paul associate with everyone? I said, my brother, are you Paul? That's number one. Number one, it's not Paul. He was trying to quote me what? First Corinthians 9, right? Yeah, 19 to 23. But you forgot one thing. Paul didn't say he became like. Paul did not become the people, but he became as for the gospel. Now, if you're going to meet your, your friends, and that's because you want to preach the word of God and tell them the truth and let their own light shine, go. But if you're going to go, you want to run and go and drink with them and dance with them, wherever they go, you want to go, and you say you are strong, then you got a problem. That's what I'm telling everyone right now. Disassociate yourself with anything that you know will cause you to compromise. That's number one. Or to grieve your father. Anything that will tell you. Keep it away from there. The things of this world will pass away. They are momentary. They are temporal. They will pass away. But following the word of the Lord. But let me tell you one thing. You know last time I was telling you that everyone at one point thought that the Zumba was his friend. Remember I told you that. But do you know that I have better friends now than I've ever had in my life? I have you, you know one thing, faithful people that fear God. That's more than whatever you can count on and think of. So we're going to stop it at that point and go to the next one. The enemy within. The, no, I, I dealt with the enemy without. Okay, the enemy within. And we're going to make sure that it's all clear and understood. The first thing I told you to avoid was what? Do not take matters into what? Your own hands. Do not take matters. Never take matters into your own hands. What is the matters into your own hand? You are a child of God. And everything that comes, you said, okay, you know one thing? The end justifies the means. I need to do this the way. I know the system. The system, you know, is a devilish system. But you think you know it. But God has a system. We are purchased with what? A high price of the blood of Jesus Christ. We become Christ's own. So whatever we do, we want to make sure, number one, does it please God? Number two, does it give God exclusive glory? And even if at all it does, is this born out of love? Listen, please get this thing now. Not, okay, I'm getting up, I'm going to just do this thing, whatever happens. After all, everybody, everybody's doing it the same way, I will do that. Are you everyone? Then that means that, you see, you know one thing? Whatever you do is what you are. If you run like unbelievers, you're an unbeliever. As simple as that. If I handle matters like unbelievers, I'm an unbeliever. There's something that we just need to understand. Child of God, there's something you need to understand. The ways of the Lord can never fail. The ways of the Lord can never fail. A lot of times because of what? Frustration. Do you know what, do you know what actually promotes bribery? You know what it is? Impatience. Impatience and what else? There's something that comes before the impatience. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something that comes before that. You know, you know frustration? Most of us, because we are frustrated... But ask yourself, if you wake up one day and say, I'm so frustrated, this thing has been going on for the longest time. How about if you die the longest time? Now, what I'm trying to say is this. Remember what happened to Abraham. Abraham was promised someone, right? Isaac. But Abraham took a matter into his own hand too. And until Christ comes back, that trouble will never be over. I'm trying to tell you right now, when you take matters into your own hands, I don't mean if you want to eat, go and ask, am I going to eat or not? That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the child of God. This is the way people do this thing, cut corner. Let me go and cut corner. No. You're no longer people. You'll be in trouble. You do things as the Lord Almighty will lead you. Are you following me, all of you? Yes. 
Because you cannot, as he said, you eat from the cup of the devil as well as that of what? God. It's not possible. So when you take matters into your hand, not inquiring, you are asking for trouble with God. But then let's put the, another one, you take matters into your hand. I'm, I'm rushing because we need to cover, cover all of it. Vengeance. Vengeance came again. Can anybody tell me how many times I've dealt with vengeance in this place? Many times. Many times. And it's still there. Because you know one thing? The world loves it. Can anybody tell me why? Okay, read me John, please. 17, 14. John 17, 14. Yes, ma'am. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. The world has what? Yes. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I have given them your word, and the world, the whole world, hated them. If you are still as popular as you used to be, you have not even begun to know God anywhere. When you turn to God completely, there is light. Light and darkness will not go. And until the end of this world, evil will always seek to destroy the good. So when you are shining, somebody is always trying to stop that. But can anybody tell me why the world hates you and I and want to hurt us? Because we're not of the world. Yes. And that's said already. I don't want you to say what I said. Can anybody tell me why does the world, why does the world hate us? Because some of you think that there are some people who, who were born just to torment you. But I can tell you one thing. A lot of times you're the one tormenting yourself. Because nobody's going to torment and finish you if you're a child of God. There is nothing that can bring you down and destroy you if you're the child of God. If you're the true child of God. So why does the world hate us? Because the world, let me tell you one thing, the world does not know who. God. That is, please understand this as a child of God growing up. Because now if you are born of God, we're going to get to it. The spirit of God is the one taking over. The world does not understand. The most wicked person, probably at one point, were you and I. Before God had the what? Before God had his mercy and grace. Think about us. Think what it used to be before. Now all of a sudden, we think we know it all. And we are good. We are not good. It's God out of his own grace and mercy. So the world hates us and what? Tries to hurt us because the world does not know God. If anyone tries to hurt you, he does not know God. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm not talking about maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. I went to one church, let me tell you one thing, and the guy came from Nigeria. I don't know what, what it was unbelievable. I walked off, I said, my goodness. He got up there, I said, well, the, you know, Christ said that, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. But I'm telling you here, all those your uncles and all those people doing all sorts of evil things against you, they know what they're doing. You see, spiritually, somebody who doesn't know God does not know what he's doing. If the Jews knew what they were doing, they knew God. They would not have crucified Christ. But they didn't. Listen to me. That's why he was praying, Father, forgive me. They don't know what they are doing. Vengeance is taking matters into your own hand. If you take any vengeance, you have invited the devil. Listen to me. Because it is God has reserved certain things exclusively unto himself. And he said what? In Deuteronomy 32, 35. It says, vengeance is what? Mine. My own. Leave that alone, my child, because otherwise you would drown in it. But we don't want to listen to that. Vengeance, he says, it's mine. Read me Romans, please. 12, 19. Romans 12, 19. Yes. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Mm -hmm. For it is written... Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Keep yourself away from debt. Because vengeance, that's why God said, somebody was telling me, said, well, I'm still not very clear that God said there was no, no vengeance in the Old Testament. My goodness. Read me Leviticus 19.18, please. Leviticus 19.18. Yes. You shall not take vengeance. 
nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, mm -hmm. but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Can you read me Proverbs 20.22, please? Proverbs 20.22. Yes. Do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. But then if you recompense evil for evil, what would happen to you? Evil will never depart from your heart. <laughs> I love that. That's very good. Evil will never depart from that person's what? That's, that's, that's what he said, but let's, 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 get that, let's get it right. If you then, he said what? Wait on the Lord, he will save you. Then if you take the matter into your hand and avenge, the Lord will leave you, you'll be on your own. And if you're on your own, you will surely, or a maker's room, but if you're on your own, you will surely die. Evil will bring death. Evil plus evil. Vengeance is worse than the original evil. Get it from me right now. Vengeance is worse because of the premeditation. The pre somebody so premeditated in doing the evil. I'm going to commit this evil. You know what they call it? If you say one plus one is two. So evil plus evil is double evil. And that's why the English people, you know the English version, they say what? Two wrongs cannot make what? Two wrongs cannot make a right. Now, I'm talking about the child of God as born of God. I'm not talking about the word. Listen to me. Because anybody in the world will tell you, say, ah, what are you talking about? I'm talking about that person who says, now I am in the Lord and the Lord is with me. Vengeance belongs to God. He said, don't take any vengeance. Read me Romans, please, 12, 14, and 17. Romans 12, 14, and 17. Yes. Bless those who persecute you. Mm -hmm. Bless and do not curse. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. Uh -huh. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Repay no one evil for evil. I'm trying to tell you right now, because there's no point reading Matthew 5, 38 to 41, the same thing. No more eye for an eye. And this question keeps coming. Listen, we're going to really deal with it completely today. But then, even if I told you go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. Yes. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, mm -hmm. but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. See what that you don't render evil for evil. Please, people, just listen to that. Before you start going on your knees and praying that God should go and do harm to anyone, we're going to get to it right now. Because you know one thing? Even that is judgment. We're going to get to judgment and condemnation. If you take vengeance, you have, you have judge and condemned. Are, 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 we, are we here? Yes. <laughs> you see? So he tells you, don't. Read me first, first Peter, please. 3 9. First Peter 3 9. Yes. Not returning evil for evil mm -hmm. or reviling for reviling. Yes. But on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. That you may inherit the blessing, but my brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. Before you bless, before you bless, because you are supposed to bless and not what? Before you bless, examine your heart. Because some, I've seen somebody who said, this person did evil to me. Uh, God is saying, uh, bless you. Bless you, my child. But inside, God said, look at this wicked heart. I'm looking at it. You see, look, you got to be transformed in your heart. The heart of flesh must come and take over the heart of stone. It must be broken. That's what this brokenness is all about. You have now the heart of God, a heart of love, a heart of compassion, a heart of forgiveness. One who cries when his enemy is suffering, not the other way around. That's when you know that now you are working with God in one, because that's the way God is. So he said, don't take any vengeance, because if anybody takes vengeance, the wrath of God will be upon that person. Are you, are you with me? Without even this, if you go all the way to Genesis, you see Genesis 4, right? Can you read me 13 to 15? Genesis chapter. Yes, go on. 4, 13 to 15. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Mm -hmm. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. Mm -hmm. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, 
Whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Whoever kills him, whoever takes vengeance against Cain, his own will be seven times. If you have time, we did this during the conference. You read Ezekiel 25, 12 to 17. The same thing God was saying. Because a group took vengeance against another, he said, I will destroy that group. Because they have violated me. See, when anybody takes vengeance or prays against his enemy, he reproaches God. He challenges God. Because God is saying, leave that. That's my own. It's not for you to do that. So, one more time. Leave vengeance unto God. We don't have time to deal with all these things. So, but there are so many faces of vengeance. We have dealt with it before. So many faces of vengeance. If you conceive in your heart. Now, let, let, let's, let's turn this around. Remember the, 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 the scripture said what? If you ask and you seek and you knock, right? If you ask, seek, or knock, or take vengeance, vengeance will be taken against you. Do not ask. Do not seek. For some of them, people who, who are master in praying, what they call what? Dangerous what? Prayer. And do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit by crying Holy Ghost fire. Which Holy Ghost fire? Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit is what? Holy. It is incompatible to think about something holy to go and do evil. God is not in the business of doing evil. God has called us to come, what? To seek and save. That's what he called us for. The Son of Man didn't come to kill. But the enemy comes, according to John 10.10. 10. The enemy comes to do what? So when we ask God to go and do evil, that means we are what? We are doing the work of the devil. And we are insulting God. Now, please get this thing from me. We are insulting him. Because I told us, don't do that. I am a holy God. Don't come and ask me. You see, so... Any situation, do not laugh. This is another face. Do not laugh or rejoice when you, anybody who has hurt you is in trouble. If you do, you have taken vengeance. Please listen to me. Do not ask God. Do not even insult God or provoke the spirit of God by going to God and saying, Father, judge between me and this person. You have taken vengeance. Are you, look, there are so many faces of vengeance. Do not be a stumbling block to the person you have taken vengeance. Do not in any way withhold whatever that is good coming unto him. You have taken vengeance. Let your heart be pure, otherwise you will not see God. And that heart, which remembers one thing. You don't want in God, I used to be that way. But because of your mercy and grace, I'm here. Therefore, give me the spirit to extend the grace and mercy unto everybody else. That is what the person who is now working of God. So now let's answer judgment and condemnation. Before we see, we can say who is actually the one who can do all these things. I'm writing. If you have questions, we're going to answer them. Because whatever it is, whatever the Lord said, we should go back and deal with. We'll go back and deal with. Judgment and condemnation. That provoked so many questions here last Thursday, right? And it's still provoking. Can anybody tell me what actually the scripture, the definition of judgment and condemnation that's in the scripture? What is judgment and condemnation? Nobody? Senator is here. They don't want to tell me anything. What is judgment and condemnation that God is talking about? A judgment, as I told you, and condemnation that God is talking about is a right what? Off. This person is written off. It is a sentence of doom. That is the level. It is a sentence that somebody is doomed. That's, that's the end of it. It is actually adjoining. You know, when you adjudge somebody, you rule and judge somebody, that this person is unfit to be used. That is judgment, the level. Now, judgment that is talking about and the, Brosago was listening to this. The judgment where you, what? You use the word of God admonishes. You use the word of God to warn people, to talk to them. That's not judgment. You know one thing? Moses never judged. Christ never judged. But what actually judged the people? God bless you, the word. The secular judge 
we have even in Harris County, in this place, anywhere. He's not a judge in spiritual terms. A judge sitting on the bench cannot write his own law and impose it. It's not possible. The judge is a state. And that's the law that he has established. So I come to enforce that law. That's different. All the prophets of God. Remember during the conference I told you there's only one purpose for a prophet. All of you now that have prophet, all, everybody's a prophet in their field. No, every family has a prophet now and prophetess. And they have all rushed here into this place. Deceiving and lying. What have I got to do with you telling me my address and my, my, my day I was born? No, that, that prophecy? There's a reason why God sends a prophet and sends a teacher or evangelist, whatever it is. There's only one purpose. Go and turn my people away from their sinful ways and turn them to me. That is all the prophet does. I want to tell you right now, listen to me carefully. Turn them away. They are going the wrong way. I'm sending you to speak to them. Ask them to repent so that iniquity will not be their rule. Ask them. If I come down and said, well, if you don't do the word of God, the truth, you surely will perish or I will perish. That's not judgment. I'm not the one. I'm telling you what is the word of God. Judgment of God started all the way from Genesis. Remember in Genesis, child, remember in Genesis 3, when God created what? After creating Genesis 2, he created Adam and Eve. He told them to do what? He said, all the trees here you can eat, but one, what? But the day you eat it, something what? You will die. What actually judged Adam and Eve? The word, that God the word of God. Listen to me carefully. So in answering that, that is not judgment. You see, because it's not one thing. God will always ordain. He will always bring forth people to cry unto the people to change. And they will cite the word of God, the truth. This is the truth. Even when Christ came, he said, repent now. Repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Every other prophet, that's what they did. Repent, change. That is not a judgment. And that's why Christ said, I didn't come to judge anybody. But why did, <laughs> but the word I have spoken, that's what we judge. Are you sure? Are, are you with me? Read me John, please, 12, 47, 48. John 12, 47 to 48. Yes. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. Mm -hmm. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. Who? The word that I have the spoken will, will judge, judge him. him. So no matter whatever anybody is proclaiming, this is... You know, you know, it came to a point where Moses... Oh, where is that? Where is that? Deuteronomy 8. Can you read me Deuteronomy 8, 19, please? Deuteronomy 8, 19. Yes. Then it shall be, mm -hmm. if you by any means forget the Lord your God mm -hmm. and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. That you shall surely what? Moses was not judging Israel. Moses was just telling them what God told him. If you don't follow God, I don't want to even worry about Moses because if you go, if you go to Deuteronomy 11, 26, 28, we don't have to read it. You can see where Moses was saying what? I put before you what? Blessings and death. Choose which one. We have a choice. When you have a choice in the matter, I'm not judging you. The choice is there. Take God or not. The same thing that Joshua did. As for me and my family, I will follow the Lord. That's just the way it's going to be. So judgment. But what is this judgment we say? Don't judge. Somebody said, mm, that means that that's what you want to hear, right? What is this judgment that God is talking about? In Matthew 7, 1 to 5, he said, don't judge, otherwise you'll be judged. No, we're rushing because we have something today. Otherwise, we'll be reading the scriptures. But yesterday, he said, don't judge, otherwise you will also what? Be judged. Be judged. And Romans 4. Can you read me Romans 14, 4, please? Romans 14, 4. Yes, ma'am. Who are you to judge another's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Mm -hmm. Indeed, he will be made to stand. For God is able to make him stand. For God is able to make him stand. Can you read me? Oh, my goodness. I don't have time. 8 to 11. 
the simplest. Romans 14, 8 to 11. For if we live, we live to the Lord. That's right. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Uh -huh. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? Mm -hmm. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat That's of Christ. That's the key. Let's stop right there. We shall all stand. If I will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, then what right have you to judge somebody else? I'm not talking about preaching the word. I'm talking about what? Remember when I defined judgment. the judgment? Is you write of somebody. You declare somebody unfit. You think you are better. That is what I'm talking about. Self-righteousness. They are better. Who are you to do that, he says? You know why? Until the end. We cannot judge. Remember I told you that before you judge, you mu there are two things you must have. What? You must be perfect. And when are you going to be perfect? When you're dead. Because remember what he told the apostles. He said, well, <laughs> when you die and meet me and follow me, that's if you make it oh. Okay? No, no, no. That's if you make it. Because remember what he told the apostles. If you look at Luke 10, 20, he said, well, do not rejoice that the devil is subject to you. Even though you're my apostle, you are here walking around. Do not rejoice. You know why? Because until you make it, that your name is in the kingdom of God. When you make it there, then my apostles, then 12 of you will be sitting down and doing what? Judges. That's when then you can judge. That's when they can judge. And secondly, let me tell you one thing right now. You cannot judge except you have a rightful ownership of what you judge. What you condemn. Listen to me. I'm talking about condemnation. If you don't have a rightful ownership, don't condemn. Why? Because, you see, you don't. Only God can judge. Only God can condemn. Only God can justify. Only God. Why? Can anybody tell me why? <laughs> Read me Ezekiel 18.4, please. Ezekiel 18.4. Yes. Behold, all souls are mine. Mm -hmm. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. All souls are mine. That's why I can judge them. But raise your hand if you have any soul, even that of your child, that's yours. But you see, what well, there's a problem we have right here. Until the time. Until the time. That is why he said, don't. Uh, First Corinthians, please, 4, 5 to 7. First Corinthians 4, 5 to 7. Yes, ma'am. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Judge nothing before what? The time. Hey, well, let's stop right there. Judge nothing before the time. What is that time you're talking about? The end. The end? Okay, let's put it this way. Judge nothing before God speaks. Because you remember Saul. If we judge Saul, we could have killed Saul. But he used Saul. It's only God who knows the heart and when he will do it. Do not judge something before the appointed time. The person you see today as a devil, a human being, may be the one that God will choose and use. You don't know. Just be grateful that God has taken you and touched you. And then what? How to show that gratefulness. All right? When you show gratitude, sorry. When you have to show that gratitude is to what? To show love and compassion. That's the gratitude you're going to show. All right? So say, don't judge before the time. So what is this judgment then that God is talking about? God is talking about what? The state of the heart. The judgment we do out of the wickedness of our heart. That thing may be because one, this judgment we are doing out of what? Self-righteousness. Because we believe we are better. And God doesn't want us to get to that point. Because if we get to that point, we begin to forget one thing. How we came there. Because you see, an unteachable, a, a student that's not teachable, you don't have to worry about the person anymore. That's why the Bible tells us, well, if you think now that you stand, right? Take heed. Where is it? First, first Corinthians 10 to 12. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Therefore, yes. let him who thinks he stands 
Take heed lest he fall. Lest he fall. So what you do is this. Have compassion. God did not call. Let me ask this question. Why did Christ not judge? Because Christ told us what? In John 3, 9. Let's, let's read John 3, 19, please. John 3, 19? Yes. And this is the condemnation. This is what the condemnation is. Yes. That the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Because men saw the light, they saw the truth, and they turned away from it. He said, that's a condemnation already. But I ask you this question. Why didn't Christ condemn? Because he believed they would change. He believed he would change? That one, uh, my beautiful sister didn't get it right. What? What? what why didn't you... Tell me, there's a simple reason why he did not condemn. He said what? He said he's commissioned from the father. What the father told him to, remember in John 5.30, he said, I didn't come to do my will. Whatever I hear from the father, that's what I would do. The father sent him for one business. Go and seek for the what? And in the process of doing it, set, establish the world. So he did, that's what he did. I came not to destroy. Oh, where's that? Luke 9, 56, please. Luke 9, 56. Yes. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they... <laughs> but to save them. That's what he came to do, and to establish that. Now, but look, look at this. When he left, when he departed from this world, he sent who? The Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit's assignment was to do what? To teach us everything. And to convict us of God bless you. God bless you. To teach us everything, he will teach us. He's not even, he's not even teaching us many things. He's what? He's giving us understanding of what Christ has already come to tell us. But beyond that, he convicts, he judges, and he condemns. Why? Because Christ has what? The word has come. If you look at what? John 15, 22, he says, if I have not come, they have no sin. But I have come and left, they have no more excuse. If they don't want to follow now, there is no more. That's the spirit of God, what he comes. That's the orderliness in heaven, the way it comes. What my father told me to do. But we have missed a point here. How we practice our life. When Christ was living, he gave us a commission. What was that commission? And to kill, and to kill them? No, I'm just, you see, he said, the same thing, go and seek the lost and save the lost. That is all we are called to do. We're not called to judge anything or anybody. I'm talking about the spiritual, the inside wickedness where he said, number one, I'm better. Number two, this person, I hate it. Because anybody write off, you hate the person. Please, please get this in now. And anybody write off, you know what? When he sees you, he'll go another way. You can never bring anybody to the Lord with hatred and unforgiveness. An unforgiving heart has already judged. He's condemned, this is not good. And God doesn't like that. But then the question comes, and that is only for about 10 minutes. And wait, my goodness. Who can do all these things? My answer? Did the pastor say no one? No one, except that individual who has been born of God. That is why the Lord told me 99% of people in all his churches, they don't know him. We wander around and go to church, but we don't understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Unto us who are what? God. He said, unto those who believe, according to John. If you like John 1, 12, he said, well, as many as I believe. What? He's giving them the power to what? It is not, that power is meaningless. Without the power to understand what he's saying and the mystery to obey it. We can walk around and say, we are the children of God. We believe. How can you believe in whom you don't know? You only believe in whom you know. And how do you know him? It's the way that you, because you love him. How do you love him? Because you obey him. If you don't obey God, you don't know him. According to 1 John 
If you look at two, three to four, he said, this is the way we know we know God, that we obey him. Anybody who says he knows him, but disobeys him, is a liar. The truth is not even there. So one who is born again, like you and I right now, God has drawn you close. Are you willing with all your heart and with a total surrender? Lord, here I am. And God is saying, if I will see that broken heart, if I will see that crying heart, if I see that willing heart looking up to me, asking for help, he said, I will never despise that heart. I will come and give a new spirit, a new heart to change that person. So I'm talking about one who can do this, one who is born of the spirit. And that's why the confusion and many people don't understand it. We have dealt with it in this place many times. One who is born of God. I'm not talking about one who is born again. The word of born again is okay. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with it. But for it to sink in, I'm talking about one who is born of God. A replica of God. One who has totally surrendered. And now God has come and transformed. Because when Christ came, if you look at Colossians 1.13, he said he came to deliver us from the domain of darkness. But he didn't stop there. If you are delivered, you say you are delivered, just because you have had the word spoken, you are nowhere. Except there is transformation. You've been delivered and then transformed into his holy image. This image that was lost all the way in Genesis 3. They lost it there. Remember God when he created Adam and Eve, he created them in what? In his own image and his likeness. Everything. That's the kingdom of God right there with Adam and Eve. But because of disobedience, we lost it. And he sent his only begotten son, not only to come and talk to us, but to come now so that we can follow his footsteps and be transformed back into God's image. Image of God is spiritual. Image of God is holy. Image of God is what? Righteous. That's why he said, when you are born of God, read me Ephesians 2, 424, please. Ephesians 4.24. And that you put on the new man, yes. which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This new man is now created in what? Like God. That is why in righteousness and what? Remember I told you that if anybody says he's seeking the kingdom of God, he's wasting his time unless you seek his righteousness. You don't, I'm seeking the kingdom of God. But he says, seek the kingdom and the righteousness. That's because God is righteous. You cannot leave that one. That's the most important thing. The kingdom of God is righteous. So one who is born of the spirit of God, that is now led by the spirit of God. As many, according to Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by that spirit of God, they are the children of God. But then if that spirit is not there, according to Romans 8, 9. Can you read that one? Romans 8, 9. Yes. But you are not in the flesh, yes. but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. He's not his. Where the spirit of God is, everything is what? <laughs> With God, all things are what? Possible. You see, we think that it is by our mind or power. No. All God is asking is a total surrender and willingness. And then he'll give us the spirit to do the impossible. The transforming spirit. The enabling spirit. That is from God, not from man. And because Zumba cannot walk there, so I can do anything because he told us right from the beginning, without me, you can what? You can do nothing. But when the Spirit of God comes in, he will do that which nobody can do. That which you think is impossible. How can anybody who be holy? How can anybody do? That's always the truth of this world. You know one thing they do right now in many, 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 many of the, body, uh, the places of, of Christ right now? Do you know that the truth is now termed what? Right. No, judgmental. Yes, legalistic. It, it is a, I mean, it, it's not politically correct. Political, I'm talking about God, you're talking about politics. Huh? You speak the truth now and present the undiluted word of God, and they say it's judgmental. It's, in fact, one, one church, somebody told me one time, I, I don't want to just mention this thing, I'm talking about church, that's American church. He said, But the, the, the truth, you, what you presented was absolute truth, but it's very harsh and very aggressive. It's very harsh and aggressive. He said, Yes. I said, You know one thing? The truth. It's always bitter. Either we swallow it. 
You see, that is why. See, the word of God tells us. <laughs> my goodness. Jeremiah 23, 29 says what? The word of God is hammer and is what? Fire. But it comes back in Hebrew for. If you look at 11 to 15, it said, well, it said, the word of God is living. That's why I tell everybody, say, I'm following the word of God without leaving the word. The word lives in you and you live in the word. No. The word of God is living. And it says sharper than what? And you know double sword. Double-edged sword. That is the word of God. Let, let me put it this way. There's nothing I can tell you. It's double-edged sword. You use it carefully, it will keep you alive. Misuse it, it will kill. By the same word. So, one who is born of God, a replica of God, one who has put on Christ. Read me Galatians 3.27, please. Galatians 3.27. Yes. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You have put on Christ. You have become Christ. You have risen with him. Died and risen with Christ. And you have become one with him. The same way he was one with the Father. Because he told us in what? Amos 3, 3 that two cannot walk together. Except they are in agreement. One cannot walk with God. Except the spirit. Because you know one thing? There is no way flesh and blood can worship and serve God in spirit and truth. It's not possible. Read me 1 Corinthians please 2. 11 to 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 14. Yes. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Mm -hmm. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Mm -hmm. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, mm -hmm. for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Because they are spiritually discerned. That's why if you look at 1 Corinthians 2.16, it said what? We have the mind of Christ. One who is born again, has been totally transformed. That's spirit now following. There are four things we said before were the four characteristics of one born again. If you miss one, you have not been born again. Don't deceive yourself. A born again child of God, number one, has a spiritual heart. A heart that has been taken away that heart of stone must be gone. Heart of hatred must be gone. That of unforgiveness must be gone. You must have a heart, which is the heart of God now. The same thing happened in 1 Samuel. Remember what he was talking about, King Saul. When Samuel met Saul, they said when Saul was living, God did what? God gave him a new heart. Then the person must have a spiritual mind. A mind set on above. That's why if you look at Ephesians 4, 17, he said, well, do not operate in the mind, in the fertility of your mind, like other people who don't know God. And in verse 23, he said, well, be you renewed, what? In the spirit of what? So that's a spiritual mind. That is now the spirit of Christ, because the mind of Christ is spirit. That's why, who was saying that? Was it, was it Paul? Paul was saying in Philippians 2. Remember when he said from 5 to 11, he said, well, this, let this mind that was in Christ be what? In you also. We are closing now because of the time. But one who is born of God has become a spirit of God. One who is born of God has become God. I'm not talking about the capital G, God. You become God unto unbelievers. You are the light of the world. You go and shine. Let people see the light of God in you. And then they will glorify your father. That's why if you look at John 3. Five to six. He said, well, those who are born of the spirit is what? But let me tell you one thing in closing. No matter whatever you want to do, no matter whatever you want to say, how you want to dress or shine or smile, what you do, you'll be held accountable at what you do, not what you say. Don't tell me I know God, I'm proclaiming every day, hallelujah. But what you do, God is counting what you do. A child, the the, where is that one there? Read me Proverbs 2011. 20, Proverbs 2011. Yes. Even a child is known by his deeds, uh -huh. whether what he does is pure and right. How about Matthew 720? Matthew 720. Yes, ma'am. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. You will know them. Read me John 10, 25, please. 
John 10, 25. Yes. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. Mm -hmm. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness they of bear me. With the works, they bear witness. Whatever I'm doing is what is bearing witness. I don't have to open my mouth. What I used to be before, if I'm still doing the same thing, I have not known God. I have not seen him. Without even saying one word, people who know me, they will know. There's something that has changed in this man. And that's a difference. So, I'm closing right now to thank God, but I think we'll be able to cover this so that hopefully next week we we'll go to something different. But I can tell you right now that the Lord God Almighty, as I'm praying, that will open our understanding and give us heart. Not that we hear and we go, we think, oh, the same story. It's not the same story. There's only one way to know God. That's why he said what? If you look at John 17, 3, he said this is eternal life. There's only one eternal life. That is to know me. And to know God is to obey him. But in one thing, without that pure heart, we cannot serve him. Mighty and everlasting and only true living God will bow before you again. I thank you for my brethren, Lord. Those here on the internet. Heavenly Father, take all the glory. You're the one who can speak to us. You have done that, Lord. Father, give us understanding. Yes, Lord. Give us understanding, Lord, yes, Lord. That we may walk that path that's only pleasing to you. <laughs> Take all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.